Welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Narmeen Jarus. She is the Chief Development Officer of Exclusive Brands, Michigan's first ever licensed dispensary. Welcome to the show, Narmeen. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Narmeen graduated from the University of, of Michigan-Dearborn with a degree in Behavioral and Biological Sciences. She runs Exclusive's business development department and focuses on the values of making clean and safe cannabis accessible to all while promoting social equity. She is the youngest executive in Exclusive history and hopes to make her mark on the cannabis industry. Well, how exciting to get to start your career in the cannabis industry. That was definitely not something that was available to a lot of us. So tell us how you got started in cannabis and what made you decide to start your path in a highly regulated industry. Yeah, so getting started in cannabis was kind of a, you know, a crazy decision for me to make just, you know, based on my history and, and what I was doing at the time. Um, I had uh, just graduated college when I was working on the um, original application for exclusive brands is medical marijuana facility. And um, I had been previously working for a restaurant management company um, that was in a lot of uh, kind of highly regulated spaces like airports and things like that. So I'd been kind of used to all of the red tape that is around um, working in a regulated industry. And so um, that's how I kind of got my start. That's how uh, we jumped into the cannabis side of things. Um, I was kind of unprepared. Um, I wasn't really sure what I was doing, um, but my team had a lot of faith in me and a lot of faith in my ability to kind of critically problem solve a lot of the issues that come up with working in an industry like this. Um, you know, there's a lot of difficulties when you're working in a new industry. Um, rules change almost every day at the beginning. And so you're, you have to be very adaptable. And so it was really crazy to kind of jump into cannabis because I didn't really have much experience in cannabis. Um, I had never smoked. I had never used the product um, before I had started at Exclusive. Um, and I just wasn't really familiar with the industry or the culture. And so it's been a really wonderful few years learning all of the wonderful things there are to learn about cannabis, about the plant, about the industry, about the people who built the industry, and how we can use cannabis to make a greater impact on the world around us. So what is your vision of the future for cannabis? What do you see your career and the industry looking like in 20 years? Well, I hope that the future and the very near future, um, we see decarceration and legalization happening, you know, on a, on a faster and a greater scale. Um, I would say that's my number one priority. And that's what I hope that most people's number one priority and goal, um, you know, above any career advancements or, you know, people want to like create these 
multi-billion dollar publicly traded companies and all that's really, really wonderful. Um, but I think getting the people who are still in jail for cannabis use or cannabis sales um, out of jail is should be the number one priority. Um, and that is my number one priority. And so, you know, beyond that, I hope to, you know, help secure Michigan's supply chain, ensure that people always have access to their medicine when they need it. Um, and so accessibility is something that exclusive brands and, you know, I've personally been focusing on um, because there are still so many barriers to, you know, buying cannabis, even in a legalized state, um, whether it's, you know, price points or it's accessibility based on your location. Um, there's still a lot of people who can't easily access their medicine. And so I hope that in the you know next coming years, we can um, ensure that anyone who does want to buy cannabis, um, anyone that does want to use it as their medicine, um, has the ability to, um, has access and has the support um, that's needed. Um, and that we can continue to decrease the stigma around cannabis use because it's still so great. It's systemic and it's everywhere. And so um, I hope as people see all the benefits that not only the plant has for individuals, but the industry has for um, our state and for this country, that uh, that more people will understand how wonderful this this can be if we let it be. <laughs> and so I hope in the next, you know, 20 or so years, um, you know, cannabis is is ubiquitous and is accepted in our society and that, um, you know, we can continue making moves in terms of social equity and repairing so much of that damage that the war on drugs inflicted on, on our community and mostly the, you know, the black and brown community. So tell us about exclusive brands in your role there. How are you and they contributing to the social equity agenda and the recipients in your area? Yeah, so Exclusive Brands is a vertically integrated cannabis company in Michigan. We were um, the first to be licensed for um, adult use in growing, processing, and retail. Um, so, you know, since we've been operating in Michigan, our goal and my goal in particular has been promoting social equity in this space. Um, you know, we had a lot of these really big visions for it because I'm really passionate about social equity. And, um, you know, we, we started out with this program where we, uh, mentor licensees kind of one-on-one. Um, we work with social equity applicants who might not, um, who might have some barriers to joining the industry. So, um, we see a lot of barriers and we see, we talk to a lot of social equity applicants who either don't have the money for, um, their application fees or aren't sure how to fill out certain aspects of the application. Um, that would be more difficult for people who aren't already in the industry. And so, um, we take on this sort of mentorship role where, um, I personally help them through their application process. And at the end we pay their application fee. Um, so we started out, started this program with, you know, Know, really high hopes. It, it didn't quite take off as much as we wanted to. And, you know, that really made me sad because I was so excited about it and I really wanted to help. And I thought this would be a great way to do it. And we were able to help um, a couple people get licensed, which is really great. But um, I was really hoping for it to be on a kind of grander scale. But we ran into a lot of difficulties because, um, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds like you can, you know, just mentoring someone or helping them fill out an application isn't what we hoped it would be. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of smart people in this industry that are trying to join this industry and it's not like they're too dumb to fill out an application. So, uh, we, we tried to, you know, kind of reexamine 
all of the different reasons people aren't joining the licensed industry. And we tried to reach out to organizations that were already doing work in the social equity space. Um, because while I'm a very proud person, I'm not too proud to admit when I need some help. And I needed some help with this if I really wanted it to be successful. Um, and so we finally found the Black and Brown Cannabis Guild, which is a really wonderful nonprofit working outside of uh, Grand Rapids. They were already kind of doing the work in the social equity space. Um, they do expungement and resource fairs. And so we, and they also have a pipeline to employment where they help people who've had expungements um, get you know, jobs in the licensed industry. And so um, once we learned about them, we were super excited and we decided to kind of um, help support them in their social equity endeavors, in addition to continuing to run our program. But we thought it would be kind of a more robust way to make an impact on our community. And like I said, we weren't too proud to admit that um, in terms of social equity, we weren't doing as much as we wanted to be doing. We weren't doing as much as we were hoping we'd do. And so we kind of, we decided to find someone who already did all the work and and throw our support behind them because there's no, I feel like there's no need to reinvent the wheel. And if there's already organizations that are doing the work, we should just be supporting them and we should be lending our support in any way we can. And so um, in addition to, you know, joining this partnership with the Black and Brown Cannabis Guild, um, I personally donate my time. Um, several people on our team personally donate their time to the resource fairs and the expungement fairs, and we're able to help more people that way. And so we've been very excited and blessed to work with some really great organizations that help us, you know, you know, complete our vision of helping in the social equity space. So what are some of those challenges that you ran into and things that kind of broke your heart? Because these these are not unique to Michigan that you are running into these, these issues as you're trying to help. Well, so what we found, you know, most often is that there's a lot of people who are having problems securing capital in this space. Um, and it's so unfortunate because, you know, if someone wants to go out and get a small business loan, they can do that, you know, but it's not so easy for that in the cannabis space. And so I think that goes back to, you know, where where is cannabis going in the future? Well, I hope we can get some banking reform very quickly um, because it's impacting, you know, the little guys more than anything. It's impacting the mom and pop shops. It's impacting um, the social equity applicants who just who don't have that capital, who don't who didn't come from money, who aren't CEOs of multi-million dollar corporations already and just jumping into the cannabis space. And so what I worry is that when they don't have access to capital like that, and like so many industries do, we're really going to be preventing a lot of people from joining this space. And it's really going to, we're going to continue to see these inequities in this space as every policy ever, it's going to mostly impact, um, you know, black and brown people and people who come from a lower socioeconomic status. And so um, I think we, you know, banking reform needs to be a very top priority for a lot of people. And it, and it affects, it, you know, banking reform goes into a lot more than just, you know, people don't have access to capital. It goes into, you know, some people get their bank accounts shut down because they're getting paychecks from cannabis companies, even though they're legal cannabis companies, even though we work with the state, even though, you know, we do everything by the book, our employees are still suffering and getting their bank accounts shut down every other day or, um, or having their deposits examined in a very odd way. And so we're still treating people who work in cannabis and who use cannabis kind of like criminals. And so <laughs> I hope we can move away from that. And I think once we do, we'll see more participation from social equity applicants and from the people who need the most help. What has your experience been as a woman of color in this industry? Has it been friendly and supportive? 
or have you found unexpected obstacles and challenges in your career path? Um, you know, I, this is a funny question because I actually just had something happen yesterday. Um, but so I, I, for the most part, I'm very thankful um, because I have a really great team. And so when you have a supportive team and a team that fights for you, being a woman of color in this space is is a lot easier than if, if I was doing it alone. Um, it's still not easy, I will say. Um, like I said, just yesterday, <laughs> I was uh, in a meeting where, you know, someone referred to me as the point of contact. They're like, oh, who can we contact, you know, in case we have questions. And one of my partners said, oh, you can contact Narmeen. And the response from the gentleman on the other line was, oh, I'm not looking for a secretary. And I'm telling you, I'm I'm repeating the story and my heart is racing. My jaw dropped. I couldn't, I just froze. I couldn't even say anything. And, you know, thankfully it was on Zoom and thankfully my camera was off because I'm telling you, jaw on the floor. And I (laughs) had to take like 15 deep breaths before I could even react. Um, And thankfully the people on my team immediately jumped up and corrected the gentleman in a very nice and professional manner that I don't think I was capable, I would have been capable of in the moment. And so it's not easy is the short answer. Um, The long answer is it's, you know, it's a lot easier when you do have a team that's supportive. I'm the only female executive on my team. Um, You know, thankfully, I, we have so many wonderful women that work here at Exclusive. Um, I have really wonderful support system um, in both the men and women on my team. but you run into things like that all the time and it's very disheartening and, you know, you try not to let it affect you. You roll with the punches and in the long run, you know, some random man calling me a secretary is not going to affect me. It's not going to affect my career. It's not going to have a negative impact on me, but you know, you can't, I, I couldn't lie and say it doesn't hurt and it doesn't kind of, um, it, it's like a reality check. Cause you know, I do, I do all this great work and I have this really supportive team and sometimes I live in this, kind of exclusive bubble because our team is so supportive and so welcoming and so open. And so I kind of forget what it's like out there in the real world of it. And so I get comments like that a lot. And uh, I've also gotten like invited to panels where um, I got the disclaimer that, you know, we just need more women on the team and we need more women speaking. We got a lot of um, feedback about that. And so I, and then I just stop and I'm like, I'm not doing your panel now. Like I don't want to do that. And so I'm not here to be, you know, kind of tokenized. I'm not here to be um, like the woman in cannabis. I'm just, I'm here to do really great work and, um, and help support my team and help support other women who want to do really great work, but might run into more obstacles or might be continuously called the secretary and have their spirits crushed or might not even get invited to the table, might not even have the opportunity, um, which is so many women. And so it's not easy being a woman of color in here. Um, but, um, I'm going to keep going. I'm a very, I'm very much a roll with the punches type of person. Um, a lot of things have tried to stop me in the past and they've never succeeded. And so I'm just going to keep going, um, and, and make sure that other women can keep going too. Well, I certainly admire your spirit about it. And I was secretly hoping that I was going to be a little resentful of your answer that you were going to say, Oh no, it's great. I'm it's wonderful. I've had no bad experiences. And it breaks my heart that you as a young woman in this industry are experiencing the same things that I did when I started my career years and years ago. I'm so sorry. You know, I want to say to you and to all of the women who are listening, it is very painful to be called a secretary, to be minimized like that, 
in front of other people. And, you know, having a good support system is everything. And that's why women in this industry really need to stick together. And I'm glad that you have that support system, but it still hurts. And it's still an undue burden that we as women have to carry that men do not. And it's important that we acknowledge it. And it's important that we don't minimize the impact that it has on us. So I'm so sorry you've had to experience that. You know, the work that I've done and women that have come before me have done has been so that you don't have to deal with that. And I'm sorry that that hasn't changed. But, you know, sticking together and, and getting up and continuing to do what you're doing and not let it stop you is going to get you everywhere. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your transparency and your honesty and your vulnerability. It's, it's important for other women to hear. Moving on, what are you most excited about in 2022? Um, oh, wow. So many things. Uh, so I just launched a brand, Nino's Naturals. And so I'm so excited for more people to get to try that brand um, because we worked really hard on it. And it was actually based around my own struggle with chronic pain. Um, and so uh, we created this really wonderful product line through Exclusive that is um, has a lot of combination products. Um, so it has you know CBD and THC. And it has them in different ratios. And our goal was really to target a large group of people. To target you know our hashtag is hashtag cannabis for everyone because we think we created a line with a product that anybody could use from a, a new user who's never tried any sort of cannabis product to people who have been. Um, you know, smoking for years. And so um, I'm super excited for more people to try those products because they've really changed my life in a way that I can't even describe. And so um, I hope 2022, uh, a lot of people get to try the Nino's Naturals products. We're in stores all over Michigan. Our CBD is available for purchase online. And so I'm hoping that um, that really takes off for, you know, kind of a twofold reason. One, so people can try it. And two, because we're donating a portion of all our proceeds to the Black and Brown Cannabis Guild. Um, so I'm always trying to kind of find ways where I can sneak um, some donations out here and there um, and kind of work around our our, our budget for um, nonprofits. And so um, I'm super excited that uh, this product line can help a lot of people with their struggles, but also can help um, people in kind of a wide you know, casting out a wider net um, and help people in the social equity space as well. So I hope 2022, a lot of people get to try these products um, and, and exclusive continues, you know, churning out these brands that, that really can have an impact on anybody out there and can really um, help uh, a wide range of people and from different demographics and different backgrounds and live in different places. And that's really our goal is to make cannabis more accessible to people. And so I hope in 2022, that's what we get to do. What advice do you have for young women who are considering a career in cannabis? What do they need to know before they get in and what do they need to know to be successful? Um, my new, my new advice to people is to take, is to take 10 deep breaths before you respond to things. Um, it's something I'm working on every single day. Um, it sounds so silly and so simple, but you know, people, but especially women in this space, um, are going to be met with with a lot of resistance, um, and people are always going to cast doubt on you. And I think that you know my I think my breath rule really helps you kind of center and focus and and, and look at what's important before you respond to things. Um, it's something that I'm learning every single day. I used to be a very kind of reactive person. Um, I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I've learned to kind of 
focus on, on the end result a little bit more and kind of power through. And so my advice would be take deep breaths and power through because you're going to be met with a lot of resistance, unfortunately. Um, I hope that, you know, as we continue to grow as an industry, we can continue to be more and more accepting, um, especially of women and women of color. And, you know, even we can go even further than that and talk about people with disabilities and, um, and making the space welcoming to them as well. And so power through and, and don't let people cast doubt on you or your abilities. Um, you know, people are always going to doubt you. Um, and doubt your abilities and, and especially like just, especially as a woman, but you can't doubt you and you can't doubt your abilities. Um, you have to kind of be your biggest cheerleader. And so, um, I think that it all goes back to my taking deep breaths and kind of centering yourself so that you can, you can focus on yourself and on your abilities on on what you're good at and what you know you're good at and, and, and continue to power through in the space. It's great advice. Anything else you'd like us to know about you or exclusive brands? Um, no, I think that's it. We're just, you know, kind of powering through, um, continuing our goal of making cannabis, which is a really wonderful medicine, accessible to everyone um, who wants to use it. So I hope, you know, we continue our reach um, throughout Michigan and also throughout the country and more and more people can come online and see how wonderful this can be. Where can women reach you? Um, I can be reached at, um, you know, my personal, my uh, email that I use at work is uh, my first name, Narmeen, at exclusivebrands.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram at exclusively Narmeen. Um, so, you know, women can reach me anywhere. I love when people reach out um, and, you know, whether it's just for a connection on LinkedIn um, or for some advice or, you know, just to talk, I really appreciate it. And I, I love hearing from different women um, in this space and in other industries that are, um, you know, looking to come into the space. So, um, you know, reach out if you have questions, comments, um, or if you think I can be doing something better, honestly, I love hearing from other women and hearing, um, you know, how, kind of how they would do things. And, and I always like to take constructive criticism. And so um, I, everyone's like, oh, I don't want to be called out. I don't want to do this. I'm like, I, you know, I'm okay with being called out um, so I can kind of continue to better myself and better my company. So I'd love to hear from any women out there. That should be another piece of your advice. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that constructive criticism is so important. Um, I've never shied away from it. I come from a very kind of rigid um, family. We had a lot of rules and um, we still have a lot of rules. And so I think that's kind of shaped who I am as a person is, you know, we had a lot of criticism growing up and that can be hard, but I think it, I think it prepares you well for the real world. So I'm happy to take any criticism ever. Um, I I think that we're all always growing and we're um, making mistakes is inevitable. Um, but it's how you kind of react to those mistakes is what's really important. So now wouldn't it be interesting if you also said, I will also take compliments. I, uh, I'm actually not great at taking compliments. I wish I could say that. Um, and so I'm working on that one too. Um, so I will also welcome compliments. I'll try really hard not to blush and get flustered once I get the compliment, but, um, but we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Well, you are not alone. I don't know a single woman that would actually ask for compliments, but I guess that's the point, right? We need to learn how to get comfortable, not just with criticism, but with compliments, because we need to rebuild our confidence, right? If we're constantly being told we're just a secretary right. and not worth someone's time, we've got some confidence rebuilding to do. So my compliment to you is you are doing a great job. You've got a very clear vision, and it was a real pleasure to talk to you. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with me today, Narmeen. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you have not yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, 
go to our brand new membership site at weicwomen.com. There you'll find all the details on membership for women working in cannabis. You can also find us on Clubhouse as WEIC, where we host AMA rooms with investors and recruiters and monthly open mics to introduce yourself to the community. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a WEIC member or WEIC business member for benefits and access across the network. And join us again for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.